The following podcast contains adult themes and is suitable for mature audiences only. Hello and welcome to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. I'm your host Adam Hampton and in today's episode we'll be exploring the life and music of South Korean megastar Psy. Many would remember Psy for his worldwide mega hit Gangnam Style that broke records and top charts all around the globe, paving the way for K-pop to break into the American charts and beyond. But do you know all of Sire's incredible journey to get to this point? In this episode, we'll explore Sire's upbringing, his influences, how he came to be an unlikely pop star in a Western world, and what Sire is up to these days. This is the story of Sire. This is Lyrics of Their Life. Sai was born Park Jae Sung on the 31st of December 1977 in the Gangnam district of Seoul, South Korea. Sai was born into a wealthy business-minded family and from an early age, Sai was set to grow up and take over his father's business. His father Park Won Ho was the executive chairman of a company called DI Corporation who manufacture chips or semiconductors that go in everyday appliances and electronic devices while Sai's mother owns a number of restaurants in the Gangnam district. Sai would attend Banpo Elementary and Middle School, as well as Siwa High School, but he admitted to hating school, skipping it often, and being poor academically, as he was instead commonly known as the class clown, always playing pranks and fooling around in class. A former teacher of Sai's stated, quote, I remember Sai making a lot of sexual jokes during class. He had such a big influence that he would drive the entire class to his jokes. I disliked him at the time, but looking back, I see that he added a great energy to the class. Sai recalled that ever since he was young, he couldn't dance too well, but he was good at making up his own creative dances, which of course he would later be renowned for. He said when he was younger he wanted to impress girls and get their attention, but knew he wasn't the best looking guy, so he instead had to be creative with dance, be funny, and always smile, and it worked. From an early age, Park was nicknamed Psy, being short for Psycho, due to his crazy, funny, and on-the-go personality, and he would also later reveal, quote, what I thought was, you know, crazy about music, dancing, performance, so that kind of psycho. When speaking to CNN's Alina Cho, Psy revealed that the very first time he was inspired to pursue music was when he was 15 years old, and witnessed a Korean TV program called Global Music Video Panorama, showing foreign music at incredible moments from music history. It was while watching this show that Cyborg witnessed to Freddie Mercury and Queen performing Bohemian Rhapsody at Wembley Stadium, which blew his mind. Cy said he was shocked and he couldn't believe how interesting the song was. Being from Korea, it was nothing like he had ever heard before, as he described the mixture of rock with opera and slow and fast paced sections. This all shocked Sai and made him think, quote, 
What is that? From as early as he can remember, he said that when he saw a huge crowd it made his blood boil, in a positive way, and made him feel like there was something special about performing and entertaining. Seeing the crowd on the TV at Wembley got him very excited. Sai, however, believes he was so shocked that he didn't look into their music again until a year later, and from the age of 16, he has been a huge Queen fan ever since. Sai also found himself listening to Robbie Williams and other international musicians. Sai would graduate from high school where plans were laid out for Sai to study in the US at Boston University to eventually take over from his father at DI Corporation. Sai was then signed up for a degree in business administration. In 1996, at the age of 18, Sai made the trip to Boston in the USA to carry out his studies, only to eventually get cold feet and decided he wasn't interested in going down that path, instead choosing to go against his parents' wishes and drop out in 1999, age 21. But while living in America during this time, Sai became heavily influenced by trending hip-hop music of the late 90s, which inspired him to make music of his own. Sai now dreamt of becoming a composer and spent what remaining tuition money he had left on instruments and musical equipment instead. These items included an electric keyboard, a computer, and an MIDI interface that helps record, produce, and edit music. Sai got busy using his new equipment and came up with his very first song, inspiring him to seek out a music college to further his knowledge and skill set. Sai struggled to speak English, so he enrolled in an English language summer course and studied for just one semester, learning basic skills that would help him in the future. He then applied and was accepted at the Berklee College of Music, totally ditching the plans his family had set out for him. Sai would study a number of subjects here, including ear training, music synthesis, and contemporary writing, but once again decided the course wasn't for him, as it was skewing his creative process, and he chose to return to South Korea and focus on becoming a singer, composer, and entertainer. Sai continued working on composing music, and found the best way for him to be creative and create new music that hadn't been done before was to teach himself and not try to learn from others, which again he found Berkeley tried to cloud his judgement and creativity too much with ridiculous academic formulas. So I would write up to 100 songs in a year at one stage, and found himself hardly leaving his room to take a break, working extremely hard at it. During the college vacation break, Sai returned to South Korea with no degree to his name and recorded a 50-track demo CD and took it to around 50 different labels and entertainment companies, offering for them to buy his music and declaring that he is open to negotiations. However, two years would pass with no reply or interest in his music. It had been almost three years since Sai had started composing and being rejected or receiving no reply really set him back as he wondered what he should do next. Sai was now 23 years old and was worried that he had thrown all of his career hopes down the drain for an unattainable pipe dream. His father was a strong-minded, strict man and in Korea the custom was for your son to inherit your business so Sai felt a lot of pressure surrounding him as he was the only son in the family. Sai was quoted as saying, They forced me from birth but unfortunately I was not that kind of kid. As no one wanted to pursue Sai's music, he instead decided to use his music for himself and attempted to make it on his own. He found that many stars across the world, but especially in Korea, were either skinny or good looking, and when he first made his debut he was quoted as saying, 
When I made my debut in Korea, it was a disaster. People didn't say, who is that? People said, what is that? Sly was slightly chubby at the time and wasn't your typical pretty boy as seen in many K-pop bands, so he feared that he wouldn't be accepted by the Korean music industry or the public. It was the year 2000 that Sly made his debut releasing his first EP, but it was in his words, a total failure. After six months of the EP's release, Sly realised that pursuing this on his own was going to be extremely tough and he would need some help to get there. With the failure of his first EP, he found this time confusing and thought about quitting and giving in to his family to return to business school. Sly decided, however, that he would do whatever it took to make it. He took himself to a Korean TV station where he walked up to the main office and in the hallway he broke out in an expressive dance and yelled out, look at me. It was such a random and crazy thing to do, with some even being frightened, thinking that Sire was a crazy man or unstable, but others found it gutsy and entertaining. Security was called and Sire was dragged away, only for one of the producers at the TV station to be left impressed by Sire's strange but courageous act. The producer had never seen anyone move like Sire before and asked him to do it one more time for him. He completed the dance once again before the producer asked him to come onto his TV show. Later that year in 2000, on a national Korean TV show, Sai got the opportunity through his gutsy risk-taking to show off his interesting and unique dancing technique to millions of viewers from around South Korea. But it wasn't just his dance moves that impressed that evening. Before Sai came on, he was getting dressed backstage when he put on a white formal shirt with no sleeves and a black formal suit thinking he wouldn't have to take the jacket off, as he was self-conscious about having his untoned arms on display for all to see. The suit helped cover up his arms and made him feel more comfortable when dancing. When Sai made his way on, he began dancing and working up a sweat. He became so hot that without thinking, he threw off his jacket and Sai's arms were bare for all to see in the sleeveless top. This was quite controversial in South Korea, as it was uncustomary to show too much skin on TV but it made a memorable impression and Sai was a massive ratings hit. With Sai's debut TV appearance being a huge hit in South Korea, he worked as hard as he ever had to make it, although he wasn't famous just yet. Sai had to compete with K-pop boy bands who were all pretty boys with model looks and fit bodies that easily would win over the young ladies. This was something Sai didn't possess and found it to be his biggest obstacle, so instead he started wearing glasses and suits and based his songs and gimmick around being funny and entertaining instead. Although according to Sai, it was incredibly hard to be different in South Korea, and at times controversial, with their strict views and customs, and if you messed up it would be very hard to regain your status and the public's trust. On the 12th of February 2001, Sai released his very first album titled Sai from the Psycho World. The album included 19 tracks and was stylized around hip-hop and rap, with themes relating to sex, women, and Korea's strict culture. The main single was titled Bird, and sees Sai in the music video showing a very different side to music on the Korean scene. He was unique, fresh, and especially controversial, with sound effects of a woman having sexual intercourse, females dancing seductively, and also highly provocative lyrics. The lyrics would see Sai poke fun at Korea's cultural norms and society's stereotypical views. The music video would also become quite a hit in a time where Weird and Different started to become popular in the country thanks to artists like Psy. 
He was called the Bizarre Singer by the press, and the song was huge in South Korea. Sai's debut album was highly controversial, and especially appealed to the younger generation, with early forms of social media becoming popular around this time. Sai listed Dr. Dre, Eminem, Tupac, and Jay-Z as influences for the rap-style album, as he really enjoyed their deep and honest lyrics, and that when he discovered their music, it was almost as if they were just speaking the words rather than singing them, and they still managed to be successful, which he found amazing. As he said, When I was a kid, I was just a noisy boy, and I preferred to be in front of people when I was young all the time. At that time, I was not a good singer. Still, I'm not a good singer. So when I see the rappers, I thought, Oh, talk can be music? Wow, that's for me. When speaking about the themes of the album, Sai didn't hold back, stating, quote, Since the Koreans are two-faced and judgmental based on their academic credentials and lineage, they cannot be first-class citizens who are honest, thus should be looked at in the perspective of a psycho. It was clear to see that artists like Eminem's controversial lyrics and antics had rubbed off on Sai. Sai's track The End, however, had a deeper Dr. Dre-style beat to it. It was one of the best tracks on the album. Both Bird and The End would peak at number one on the Korean chart, with the song Bird earning him a nomination spot at the Mnet Asian Music Awards for Best New Artist, but unfortunately didn't take out the award. Sai's work was extremely fresh and pushed the boundaries, although many found it too controversial with his dance moves, appearance, and explicit titles such as Bitch, adultery, and I love sex, with this being too much for some. In the intro song for the album, Sai was also quick to blast the common practice of lip-syncing in K-pop music. While the album was also banned from being purchased by minors under the age of 19 due to these explicit lyrics. Just five months after the album's release, Sai had it pulled from iTunes in South Korea, and a total ban was placed on it, after civil groups stated it was having too much of a negative effect on South Korea's youth, and Sai was even fined over the explicit and so-called vulgar lyrics. Later in 2001, after Sai had started to make waves in the South Korean music industry, he would undo all of his hard work when he was arrested by South Korean police after being caught smoking and possessing marijuana. Sai was sentenced to 25 days in jail, he was given a hefty fine and was required to pay for his own bail. The short stay in jail also came at a terrible time as his beloved grandfather had been on his deathbed with cancer and sadly passed away while Sai was locked up. This meant Sai was also unable to attend his funeral as he said, I was very close to him, I was not there at the funeral, I will regret this for the rest of my life because my grandpa loved me so much and I couldn't be there for him on his deathbed. After the marijuana incident and losing his grandfather, Sai managed to put it behind him and release his second album titled Cheap 2 on the 1st of January 2002. Once again, Sai didn't hold back despite being censored heavily on his debut album, with Sai writing songs this time around on his censorship and his dislike of the government's stance on his music. Half of the songs on the 14-track album were given explicit warnings and couldn't be sold to persons under 19 years of age in South Korea, which again affected sales and therefore the album produced no hits through all of this censorship. Once again, Korean civil groups complained and would have Sai fined by the government standards board. Later that same year on the 18th of September, Sai released his third studio album titled Three My, or also known as Three Sai. With this album, he managed to score a top 10 hit in Korea with a track titled Paradise, 
and a number one hit with the song Champion. The album was a slight step back in regards to being controversial, with Sy stating, 3 Mile was intended as a project for taking a break, however, it should not be intended as a change of my personality. Sy's very own older sister, Park Jae-un, even sung vocals on a track titled Queen. While one of the songs called Royal Family saw Sy mock Korean marriage agencies that match people based on their wealth and academic achievements. The song peacefully goes into detail about the passing of Sy's grandfather and how he misses him and regrets not being there for him. In the track Celebrities, Sy takes aim at politicians who use scandals to gain votes in elections, while the number one hit champion, which sampled Harold Faltermeyer's Axel F, Beverly Hills cop theme, would cement Sy's place as a South Korean pop star. The song Champion was released just in time for it to be a theme song for the 2002 FIFA World Cup that was held in both South Korea and Japan. The song was a disco pop tune that was all about having fun together as one. As Sai explained, quote, During the World Cup, I saw Korean people really loosen up to just have fun. I wanted to encourage that same carefree enjoyment, even without the soccer. The track would remain one of Sai's favourites throughout his career. Despite being one of the most controversial artists in South Korea, Sai was awarded at the Seoul Music Awards for his songwriting ability. During 2002, Sai would land himself in hot water once again when he performed at an anti-American military concert aimed at the US military over the death of two 14-year-old South Korean schoolgirls who were on their way to a birthday party when they were run over and killed in the Yangju Highway incident. The tragic accident occurred after a heavily armoured tank, equipped with a launch bridge, was travelling back from training drills in the countryside and decided to drive back to the base along the main highway, killing Shim Mi Sun and Shin Hyo Sun as they passed by. Cases were made that it was pure negligence and that the military shouldn't have been using the highway, but the soldiers were acquitted of any charges and let off. This angered the South Korean people who wanted justice, and this created some tension between the two countries, with anti-American protests and candlelight vigils starting up around South Korea over the US military presence in the country well after the Korean War had well and truly ended. These protests were also about the US military in the past also being linked to similar war crimes, rape, and assault allegations. During the concert, Sai was seen holding a small US tank model similar to the one in the Yangju Highway incident, before smashing it onto the stage floor. Over time, however, these tensions eased and the relationship between the two countries improved significantly. So I found himself in trouble years later over a similar incident where he wrote a song that questioned American soldiers' war crimes against Iraqi civilians, where he said that they needed to be punished for their crimes, but he would later apologise for these comments, saying, quote, I understand the sacrifices American servicemen and women have made to protect freedom and democracy in my country and all around the world. In 2003, Sy himself would be conscripted and made to serve in the military in South Korea, which is a mandatory rule imposed on all men aged 18 to 35 years of age. In early 2005, Sai was excused from serving any longer in the military after being employed as a software developer with the South Korean government giving those of use with technical skills exemptions to help serve the nation's best interests. After his release, on the side, Sai would work at a software development company to keep the government from reconscripting him. 
Up to this point, Sy had sold up to 300,000 copies over three albums in South Korea, but he was yet to have one of his albums chart, despite already having three number one singles and a top 10 hit to his name in the country. His fourth release would come out on the 22nd of July 2005 with a remix album titled Remake and Mix 18 Beyond, featuring remix tracks new and old. It sold around 61,000 copies and made it to number one on the South Korean album chart. A track titled Delight made it to number three on the South Korean chart and won him his first major award at the Mnet Asian Music Awards for Best Video Performer. Included on the album was one of Sai's most heartfelt songs of his career, titled Father. This song managed to peak at number 20 on the Korean chart also. As a dramatic and sad piano melody plays, Sai sings about how he now realises how much his father sacrificed for his children, and how he appreciates him now he is older. With the lyrics reading, he's only been looking forward in his life. Now that the kids have already grown, they won't even listen to him. All his life he sacrificed his best days, for his wife and the kids, trying to make just a bit more money. Looking at the kids photo, swallowing tears, risking his life, he gets back up even when he's exhausted. What if I pass out? Kids don't worry, your father's a superman. Sai continues on in the chorus where he sings, Father, now I finally realise, how did you live like that? Don't be lonely anymore, from now on, we'll go together. During the song, Sai gives advice to his young listeners about respecting your parents and listening to their wise words, while he also provides a message for many strict Korean fathers to be open and honest about their feelings, as this is often something not displayed in South Korea. The music video for the track perfectly captures the emotion, admiration and love Sai feels for his father, and despite feeling like he was initially groomed to take over the family business, his father is accepting of him being a musician, and for that, Sai is forever grateful. On the 24th of July, 2006, Sai released his fourth studio album titled Sajib, which translates to Cheap House. It sold around 50,000 copies and became his first number one studio album in South Korea, and second number one counting his remix album. Sai described the album as a high-class hotel buffet, as the tracks on the album all vary across genres such as rock, pop, dance, K-pop, rap and hip-hop. Much of the album's themes surrounded politics, sex and women. Out of 14 songs, five were censored for references to alcohol and one-night stands. Sai scored two hits from the album with We Are The One, a political-based catchy rock tune about standing up as one and not giving up, which peaked at number two, and a track titled Entertainer, reaching the summit at number one on the Korean charts, with the track earning his second Mnet Asian Music Award for Best Music Video. Sai was well and truly becoming a household name in South Korea after these hits. On the 14th of October, 2006, Sai married his fiancée, Yoo Hai Young, who was also the same age as Sai. She studied and majored as a cello player at the Yunsai University in Seoul, and the two tied the knot after they had been dating for around three and a half years. The couple would share a loving relationship, with Sai stating he was very lucky, with the couple having two twin daughters together sometime after. In 2007, after Sai had a number of hit songs to his name, Sai was accused by South Korean state prosecutors of neglecting his work as a software developer and breaking his deferment of military duty as he had been focusing too heavily on his musical career. 
On the 12th of October 2007, so I was redrafted to the South Korean military by the Seoul Administrative Corps. By December 2007, so I was back serving in the military where he held the junior rank of Private First Class in the 52nd Army Infantry Division where he would finish his service. His role was as a signalman or a signaller where he would use communication equipment such as radios, flags and lights to help his fellow soldiers by relaying information, repairing electronic communication equipment and guiding them with instructions from higher ranking officers. After serving his time in the military, Sai was finally allowed to resume his career when he left in July 2009. His absence from the industry, however, had left him with significant financial troubles as he struggled to continue releasing his own music. Through the encouragement of his wife, Sai decided to approach his old friend Yang Hyon Suk at YG Entertainment as he was the chief executive for the agency. After discussions were held, so I was signed to YG Entertainment in 2010 and got to work on his next album. On the 20th of October 2010, Sai returned to the music industry with his fifth studio album titled Sai 5. It peaked at number 6 on the South Korean album chart and sold half the amount of his last album with just 25,000 copies sold in Korea. While it wasn't as successful as his last release, Sai was happy to be back making music. The biggest hit he had on the album was titled Right Now, which reached number 4 on the Korean chart, but once again the song was banned from being purchased or listened to by under 19 year olds. Due to a lyric that was described as obscene and read, Life is like toxic alcohol. During January 2012, Sai performed in front of 80,000 people at a concert in Osaka, Japan, alongside a number of other K-pop bands. The event was televised around Japan and marked his first international performance on foreign TV. He performed his Korean hits and the show worked wonders for him to become more popular in the country. During the performance in order to introduce himself to the crowd, he held up a sign that read, I'm a famous singer, well known for driving the audience wild in Korea, but here today, I'm just a little chubby newcomer. So I would also parody and impersonate dance moves of Beyonce and Lady Gaga, who he both admired. He would often add funny, quirky moments into his performances, as he loved to entertain the crowd. On the 15th of July 2012, Sai would release an EP titled Sai 6 Rules Part 1. This EP would include a track that would change his whole life forever. The EP would reach number 1 in Korea, selling close to 130,000 copies and included a song titled Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style would be a hit song for the history books and Sai wasn't ready for the crazy ride he was about to be taken on. Gangnam Style would peak at number 1 in a total of 33 countries around the world including Australia, the UK, China, New Zealand, Canada and South Korea, while also reaching the top spot across South America and Europe. It made the top 3 in a further 5 countries, including the US, where it just missed out on the top spot in number 2. Gangnam Style Mania was sweeping the world, would go at least 5 times platinum in the US, selling at least 13 million copies of the single worldwide. It remained at number 1 in South Korea for 5 weeks, equaling the record at the time, and by the end of 2012, it was the best selling single of the year. In New Zealand, Gangnam Style would reach the top spot staying there for 6 non-consecutive weeks and making it the first K-pop song in its chart's history to reach number 1, while it was also the first foreign language track to reach number 1 since 99 Luftballoons 
by Nina in 1982. In Australia, Gangnam Style lasted six weeks at number one. It was also the first K-pop track to reach number one in the country. It was the first foreign language song to reach number one since 2002's Ketchup Song. To this day, Gangnam Style is one of the best-selling singles in Australia, with 700,000 copies sold and going 10 times platinum in the country. Gangnam Style would also become the first K-pop track to top the UK chart, spending one week there. It was only the second K-pop track to enter the top 100 in US charting history, while on the European and Canadian chart, it spent seven weeks at number one. What drove Gangnam Style's success, however, was the incredibly funny, quirky, and energetic music video that sees Psy debuting many now-famous dance moves, including the horse dance, as Psy would perform a sideways shuffle-style gallop dance move, he would pretend to ride a horse like a cowboy, swinging a lasso, and of course the now-famous horse dance that resembles a jockey riding a horse. While the dance moves were new to those outside of Korea, Sai revealed that he had stayed up for as many as 30 nights practicing new types of moves to give the South Koreans something new as they held his dances in high regard. He trialed a number of animal-themed dances until coming up with the perfect one. Before coming up with the horse-inspired dance moves, Sai also trialed a panda and a kangaroo dance. He wanted it to be as fun and ridiculous as possible and said he just wanted to entertain and make people feel better. The music video for Gangnam Style had everything. It was colourful, creative, at times seductive, it even had explosions and captured the attention of people all over the world as everyone from Tom Cruise to Ellen DeGeneres wanted Psy to show them how to dance Gangnam Style as the biggest dance craze since the Macarena was taking the world by storm. Originally, the track was only intended to be released to K-pop fans in Korea, but quickly took off. The music video was released being viewed 500,000 times on just the first day of release. It then started going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Carly Rae Jepsen's video for Call Me Maybe, after YouTubers from outside Korea began reviewing and reacting to the video, and soon enough it made enormous leaps forward in views, thanks to musicians and celebrities such as T-Pain, Robbie Williams, Britney Spears, Katy Perry and Tom Cruise, who all shared the video via social media to their followers, until it went viral. Sai then made his first US television appearance in August, on VH1, boosting views and sales once again. By December 21st, 2012, Sai with Gangnam Style would become the very first music video to ever surpass 1 billion views on YouTube, at times even breaking the views counter along the way. Today, Gangnam Style's music video currently stands at 4 billion views on the video streaming service today as the 8th most viewed video on YouTube of all time. While it is still regarded to this day as one of the greatest music videos of all time, some found it vulgar and controversial with suggestive sexual connotations. But the reactions were mostly positive. Not only did people love the visuals of the music video and the catchy tune, but they loved Sai's unique look as he dressed in tuxedos, sporting a small bow tie and circular sunglasses. While not many outside of Asian-speaking countries could understand everything Sai was saying, it didn't seem to matter as the beat was incredibly catchy and Sai's pronunciations and high-energy vocals masked the language barrier. Gangnam Style was actually written as a satire about the area in which Sai was born and raised in the Gangnam district of Seoul, South Korea, and refers to the trendy, hip and lavish lifestyles a certain class of people live like in the area, with their appearance and lifestyle being Gangnam Style. 
Sai describes Gangnam as being like the Beverly Hills area in terms of class and status. And in the song he jokes that he is also classy, as he was from the area, but instead displays the opposite in the music video, as he says he is slightly ashamed and doesn't exactly like to identify with the wealthy and entitled. As he was quoted as saying, People who are actually from Gangnam never proclaim that they are. It's only the posers and wannabes that put on these airs and say that they are Gangnam style. So this song is actually poking fun at those kinds of people who are trying very hard to be something they are not. Sai also says that the song speaks about, quote, the perfect girlfriend who knows when to be refined and when to get wild. So basically a good girl gone bad, while also telling Jonathan Ross, it's about Gangnam also being calm in the daytime and wild during the nighttime. When Sai sings Opnan Gangnam style, he is actually saying Big Brother is Gangnam style and is referring to himself. The success of Gangnam Style would begin a movement of Korean pop music, which led it to being popular around the world, with Chinese journalists labelling the craze as the Korean wave. All across the world, K-pop started becoming popular with bands like BTS and Blackpink now experiencing worldwide success to this day and breaking into the American, Australian and UK charts, where it has become quite a sensation. Not only did Gangnam Style open the door for Korean music, but also music from all over the world, with Hispanic music also becoming quite popular at this time. While over time the song became overplayed, it lives on as a chart topper no one will forget. Sai was thanked by the South Korean Ministry of Culture, Sports and Tourism for increasing the interest in the country, while he was also awarded with a fourth class order of cultural merit for his contribution to painting the nation in such a fun and positive light. But Sai claims he couldn't have done it without YouTube, the many people around the world who watched the video, and of course the fans. While the dance craze continued, it ignited a craze known as flash mobs, where large groups of people would dance simultaneously in random places around the world or in major cities, as they all performed Gangnam Style's The Horse Dance. With the largest flash mobs on record being held in Italy and France, with 20,000 people attending each of them. It has even been performed by politicians such as Barack Obama, with Sai meeting the president at the White House at the time, where Sai revealed that Barack's wife and children weren't so impressed by his dance moves. Quote, He told me he's good at Gangnam Style, but that the ladies at his house are embarrassed when he's dancing, so he's not doing it. Sai even influenced sports people like tennis player Novak Djokovic to perform the dance's celebrations. It was performed by a Maori group from Rotorua in New Zealand, combined with the Haka. It was even recommended by the American Council of Exercise, stating that performing the dance to Gangnam Style could see you burn 150 to 200 calories every half an hour, and the dancers even appeared in numerous video games, movies, and TV series. From Gangnam Style's release to well into 2013, Sai would be a busy man performing on TV shows such as The X Factor in Australia. He performed the track at the new president of South Korea's inauguration. He was seen on Ellen and NBC's Today Show and late night talk shows in the US. While he would also take home 12 awards ranging from Billboard Music Awards to MTV Europe Awards, winning Best Video defeating Lady Gaga, Katy Perry and Rihanna and was introduced at the awards by Heidi Klum who labelled him as the undisputed king of pop. While some records have now been surpassed, Psy broke records for most liked video on YouTube, most viewed K-pop video on YouTube, it was once the most viewed video on YouTube, 
and was the first video in internet history to receive over 1 billion views in 2012 and then first to 2 billion in 2014. So I would also speak to the Oxford Union in England where he gave a brilliant speech that was in such high demand that tickets had to be distributed via a ballot. So I also revealed, however, that Gangnam Style had become both a blessing and a curse, as he is internally grateful that he was able to produce such a big hit, but fears and accepts that he will never be able to equal or surpass its success, basically setting him up to be destined to be a one-hit wonder. He did, however, have the honour of joining Madonna on stage at Madison Square Garden in New York City, where the two performed Gangnam Style side by side, with Cy revealing it topped his list of accomplishments to perform with her. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi everyone, and sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this episode, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you four ways on how you can support the podcast and play your part in keeping it going so I can continue to bring you more great episodes. If you enjoy Lyrics of Their Life podcast, first of all, it would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It's totally free to do. It just means that you will receive a notification when a new episode of the podcast becomes available. Secondly, you can leave the podcast a positive five-star review on iTunes as this helps the podcast reach a larger audience. Third of all, you can tell your friends all about the podcast or join us on our social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. While finally, you can take your support one step further and head to our Patreon page and pledge your support to one of two of our plans for just $1 or $5 per month with no locking contract. Or you can pledge just a one-off payment for all the hard work that goes into creating the podcast. And you will receive a number of extra benefits to go with your donation. Or you can even buy me a beer for $5 at buymeacoffee.com forward slash lyrics of life pod. I am a totally independent podcast creator meaning there are no large networks or businesses financially supporting my work. So your support would be greatly appreciated, as it means I can continue creating more content, such as biographies, the weekly muse, interviews, and more, as it takes a lot of time, resources, and research to prepare and upload just one single episode. Links to Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee can be found in the show notes on our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com or on our Facebook page. Once again, I appreciate every one of my listeners for their support, no matter the form it comes in. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. On the 12th of April 2013, Sai attempted to continue his form by releasing a standalone dance, K-pop and electro single titled Gentleman, after it had been leaked the day earlier. While it wasn't as big as Gangnam Style, Gentleman held its own quite well and would reach number one in South Korea and Luxembourg while making the top five in seven countries including the US, nine in Australia and Canada and ten in New Zealand and the UK. The song was written about a man who refers to himself as a gentleman but is actually the opposite. The music video now stands at 1.4 billion views on YouTube where Sai can be seen debuting a hip swinging type dance that he adapted from a fellow K-pop girl group as he attempted to keep things fresh. He was actually set to release a track titled As Arabia but was told not to in case he offended Arab listeners. Sai was also feeling the pressure to keep up with the most recent dance craze at the time known as the Harlem Shake which rivaled Gangnam Style. He was quoted as saying I feel more burdened than before, 
because lots of people are watching. He originally intended to collaborate with Justin Bieber on the track, but wanted to prove himself first as no one-hit wonder. So I would later state in an interview, quote, I honestly changed this song so many times until the very last moment. I was not excited. I was terrible. I was so nervous. In a second interview with MTV News, so I said, my only goal was to avoid being called a one-hit wonder. So that was a very nervous moment right before the premiere. And in two weeks with 230 million views, I'm not a one-hit wonder. I'm really happy and relieved about that. The music video was banned in South Korea on the channel KBS after Cy was seen kicking over a traffic cone at the start of the video, which was in their eyes damaging public property and that it doesn't meet their broadcast standards. Cy's next single wouldn't be released until June 8th, 2014 and was titled Hangover, featuring legendary hip-hop artist Snoop Dogg. The music video made its debut the same evening on the Jimmy Kimmel show where the two expressed how much fun they had working with each other and the respect they have for one another. But while this seemed like a collaboration set to be a hit, the song unfortunately didn't live up to expectation and was considered a flop. Despite having a catchy and quirky Asian and dance style beat, the track just didn't connect with audiences around the world as the pair sung about literally drinking excessively and getting a hangover. The highest it got on the charts was 26 on the Hot 100 in the US and reached the top 5 on the US rap and dance charts. It was frowned upon by the people of South Korea who thought the music video did a terrible job of depicting South Korean culture as the pair drank, danced with young women performing suggestive manoeuvres and then picked up two older Korean women. Sai revealed that Snoop was his first choice knowing well that he is a laid back guy who likes a drink and a smoke as he said, one day I wrote a hip hop track and I thought about one catchy word. I was hungover, and I thought about a hangover. So I just recorded it right away. As soon as I got that hook part, I thought about Snoop Dogg, because we all know he's hanging over every day. Snoop said he was instantly in when asked to do the song, after Sai mentioned it was called Hangover. Sai had revealed just a year earlier that he experienced a problem with alcohol, and that the only time he wasn't drinking at one stage was when he was hungover. As he was quoted as saying, If I'm happy, I'm drinking. If I'm sad, I'm drinking. If it's raining, I'm drinking. If it's sunny, I'm drinking. It's unsure whether Cy got on top of these issues. The music video, however, was quite humorous. It was filmed in South Korea, taking up to 18 hours to film in 10 different locations, located near the airport after Snoop flew in to shoot it with Cy. The video currently stands at 350 million views on YouTube. On the 1st of December 2015, Cy released his 6th studio album and 8th release so far called Chilla Gyp Cider, which reached number 6 on the South Korean charts. The album included a remix of Sing by Ed Sheeran and Pharrell Williams and a song titled Napal Baji that translates to Trumpet Trousers, which became a number 2 hit in South Korea despite only selling 7,000 copies with streams aiding its performance. So I aim for this track to do well on the South Korean market, while another single titled Daddy would be aimed at the international market. Daddy managed to reach number 1 in South Korea and 6 on the US dance chart, but this along with the track Hangover were the first signs that Sai's reign on the US and international charts were coming to a sad end. The song was very humorous and the music video even more so, but again the craze and trend of Sai had simply worn off. Daddy was a collaboration with Will I Am formerly of the Black Eyed Peas, where Cy gender flipped Will I Am's song, I Got It From My Mama, with Mama being replaced in Cy's version with Daddy. 
With Sire's storied career slowing down, he released his seventh studio album titled 4 Times 2 Equals 8 on the 10th of May 2017. This album would also be his last with YG Entertainment. He collaborated with a number of young artists in regards to songwriting for the album, hoping to bring a fresh take on his music, but unfortunately it was yet again a disappointment in regards to success in the international market. It appeared as though Sai was back to being adored only in South Korea, scoring a number one hit with the song I Love It, and number three with a track called New Face. By May 2018, Sai departed YG Entertainment and looked to set up his own label. In 2019, Sai set up his own record label called P Nation, where he has currently signed nine South Korean hip-hop and rap artists. There are talks of Sai working on his 8th studio album and 10th overall album, with plans to release it via P Nation. Sai is now 43 years old and appears to be happy to release the odd track or album here and there, but mainly focus on his promising new label as he hopes to develop more Koreans into international stars. Sai's story is truly inspirational, and while he was brought up in a wealthy family, he was never one to flaunt this. In fact, he often rejected it. Sai took a huge gamble, not only sacrificing his relationship with his father, but with other fellow South Koreans and their customs, instead turning down study and taking over the family business to instead chase his dream of being a musician and entertainer. Sai's story is a great tale of defying all the odds, and that if you work hard for something, no matter how long it takes, you too can make your dreams a reality. Sai had the guts to show up to a TV station and show them that he had what it took to be unique and that he had star quality. Even when his career was stalled through being conscripted into the military or being jailed for marijuana possession, he still picked up right where he left off and he never gave up. Through his perseverance, he earned eight number one singles in his home country of South Korea and of course dominated the world for a couple of months with his incredible catchy song Gangnam Style. While at times he may have pushed the boundaries a little too far, Sai opened the door for more K-pop and international artists to break into the market of the US, UK and English speaking countries, which was something that had never been achieved before. With his track Gentleman, Sai no longer holds the dreaded one hit wonder tag and can be proud of his achievements. He may never have another hit outside of South Korea, but I'm sure he'll never be forgotten as the man who broke down the walls of the music industry and brought us the catchy dance song that is Gangnam Style. Thank you all so much for joining me for the story of Sai. Don't forget to check out our other episodes from Season 1 and 2. And if you're new to the podcast, be sure to join us next week for another amazing episode, which will be revealed on our social media pages during the week. For more information regarding this episode, including weekly updates and more, head to our Facebook page at Lyrics of Their Life Podcast or our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, It would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a review on iTunes, let your friends know about what they've been missing out on, and click the free subscribe button to the podcast so you can receive new episodes direct to you when they become available. If you would like to support the podcast financially, then feel free to head to Patreon, where you can pledge your support for as little as $1 a month. Every bit of support is greatly appreciated, and it means I can continue bringing you more great episodes in the future. Once again... Thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life.